invite you to turn with me in your copy of the Scripture this morning to the book of John. John chapter 21. Do I have anything on this? Check, 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 check. There we go. That's a little better. John chapter 21. Had this sense um, in my spirit that we are moving into a new season, into a, a new level, if you will, um, in spiritual things. I don't know if you felt that or not, but there has been an increased uh, an anointing and the moving of the Spirit as of recent days, and, and I've sensed that. I, I'm picking up on, on those things. And, and this morning, I, I, this week, I've kind of been, with that thought process in mind, researching Scripture, and I was looking for folks that were on the verge of going to a new level. Um, and, and I feel like the Lord spoke to my heart about this man named Peter. In John chapter 21, uh, Jesus recognizes the fact that Peter is about to enter in a new level, a new spiritual place, if you will. And I, I think there's some really great things that we can glean from this passage because, um, you know, let, let's, let's be honest. I think all of us can relate to Peter's personality a little bit in us. Peter was impetuous. Peter wanted to see things happen right now. Um, Peter had this hard-headedness at times. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, Peter was vocal. Peter was sometimes, if you read throughout the entire um, New Testament, you'll find that sometimes he was a people pleaser. He wanted to make sure that he didn't want to, um, especially like he would eat meat with Jews and not with Gentiles, and he didn't want the Jews talking bad about him. And, and you read that, and Paul confronted him in, in uh, one of his letters. And so, you know, Peter is that kind of person. You kind of get the point. All of us kind of probably relate on some level. But Jesus values Peter, and Peter was going to be playing a huge role in the preaching and in the planting of this New Testament church. And actually, um, I say New Testament church, but really it begins the church age or the church movement, which we are a part of today. Um, that uh, when, when Jesus left and the baptism in the Holy Spirit came upon, um, that in the book of Acts chapter 2, then there was this moving of the Spirit and all of a sudden uh, Peter stands up to preach, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but Peter stands up to preach and then in that moment the Holy Spirit hits him and the words he says pierce the hearts of over 3,000 people and immediately you've got a church. And so uh, that was the beginning of this, but I feel like this conversation that happens in John chapter 21 in our text is instrumental toward making that happen. And I want us to begin reading in verse 15. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, I guess that's the eating, sorry. Southern Indiana terms coming up too long. If it was other parts of the country, it'd be when they finished eating. <laughs> or when they done did finish eating. I need to move on. <laughs> when they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourselves and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Father, today I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for your word. I pray, God, that you would help us this morning to, to learn the things, God, that you want us to learn from it. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I find it interesting, a couple things um, before I get into really the text of, of the points of what I'm talking about, I find it interesting if you go to the, begin, to the end of that, the end starts like the beginning did for Peter. Jesus was seeing Peter and, and Andrew brought Peter to, to Christ and it, it started with the, the same message, follow me. And he ends that same message here in John 21. He, he, he tells him all of these things and, and, uh, and, and he says, follow me. I think it's also interesting because, you know, some people, they talk about and they say that Peter asked, Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. And there's some theories on that. And I'm not, I don't know. It's kind of speculation, but it could be truth. One for every time that Peter denied Christ. Um, you, you may know the story, Jesus, and we're going to get into this in a little bit. Um, they were gathering around at, at the, the Last Supper, and, and Jesus makes this declaration that they're going to leave, they're going to scatter, they're going to deny, they're going to um, betray, they're going to do these things, because when you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And, and so he, he says this, Peter says, oh no, Jesus this is part of the Peter thought process. We kind of get, oh no, Jesus, I'll go. I'll die with you. I will. And Jesus looked at him and said, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And he does that. We're going to get into that a little bit. Some people say that Jesus asked him three times because if he loved him because of the three times he denied him. You know, that could be a logical mindset, but I think there's something deeper here than just three minus three equals zero. I think there's some indications that point to us that will help us as, as we feel in our hearts and we feel in our life that God wants us to go to a new level in Him. I think there's some things that we can glean from this passage that will help us to ourselves get to that next place. Because for us, three minus three doesn't equal zero. I, don't, I haven't been in the situation where I've denied Christ three times and, and uh, you know, those kind of situations in my life. But there are some things in this passage that are really good. And, and the first one, we find here is uh, that, uh, and really all the disciples, this, let me just kind of go back for just a minute. That next level thought is really where all the disciples find themselves at the end of the gospel. Jesus is calling them to step up because he's about to leave. 
They, they had been following Christ for the better part of, of this time for three years, and they'd been watching Him do most of the ministry, right? Jesus was the one that healed the sick. Jesus was the one that raised the dead. Jesus was the one that fed 5,000 people. Jesus was the one who when, uh, saw a woman at the well and ministered to her. Jesus was the one that drove out demons. It, there is a passage in Scripture where he says that he sent them out, and that was good, but, but that was a short period of time. And for most of the Gospels, Jesus is the one who is doing most of the ministry. But now there's going to be a transformation, now there's going to be a shift in that, because you see, Jesus is about to ascend to the Father, and the Holy Spirit's about to come on the scene, and when that happens, there has to be some kind of spiritual stepping up to the plate kind of deal for these disciples. There has to be this idea that says, I've got to get to the next level. And Jesus begins this dialogue with Peter, knowing that full well, and so we get some clues for us to pursue that will help us to take that next level in our walk with him. The first one is this. To move forward to the next level takes greater love and devotion than we've had previously. Moving forward to the next level will take greater love and devotion than we've had previously. Think about this situation for a moment. The disciples... They had, they had such a commitment for Christ. They left everything behind to follow after Jesus. They left their family. They left their careers. They left their reputation. They left everything that they knew to follow Christ. In our text where we read this morning, this is a post-resurrection moment. He has already appeared to them once post-resurrection. And here, here we find the disciples. What do we find them doing? You know, in, in the logical thing would be, man, a few days ago I just saw him die. And man, that was like the worst day ever. It was like terrible. Three days later, guess what? I saw him. He was raised from the dead. I got the chance to have some time, some communion, some fellowship, some relationship with him. And you would think at that moment that that would drive them to the place of a new level. I mean, think, I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting. That's why we celebrate Easter. Hello? That's an exciting moment, and you would think that that would drive them to a new place and say, "Woo! listen, man, i got to shout this from the rooftops. This is amazing. But what do we find them doing? Fishing. Fishing. Now you may think, well, what's wrong with fishing? Some of you guys are looking at me cross-eyed. <laughs> what in the world, man? What's wrong with fishing? Nothing wrong with fishing. Not a thing wrong with fishing. But these guys, they didn't, it was like, Jesus is alive. And I think they just kind of thought, well, great. Now he's just going to pick up where we left off and we're just going to kind of go back and fish and see what happens. You know, that kind of tells me, and, and this is kind of a situation I see in our present day. We come up and we have this incredible encounter with the Lord. And we have this incredible thing with Jesus and we're like, whoa, 
he's alive in my heart. He's done great things in me. But then we go right back to doing the things we were doing. And if you're going to get to that next level, if you're going to go to the place that God has for you, there's got to be a deeper sense of love and devotion than just going back to what you knew. There's got to be a sense inside of you that says, no, man, that, that stuff before, that's not enough. That doesn't satisfy me. You know, in our text, Jesus, had, um, he finds them, and, and he does this miracle of a catch. And all of a sudden, man, Peter recognized, if you read the, the part before in chapter 21, there's this miracle catch of fish. They haven't caught anything all night. Peter's laying out there on the boat half naked, and, and Jesus is, is saying, hey, Hey, guys, if you just cast your net to the other side. And Peter's thinking, well, I've heard that story before. I've heard that line before. And they do that, and the Bible says they had such a great catch of fish, it almost broke the nets. And all of a sudden, he looked up, and he knew, that's Jesus. <laughs> Peter, the impetuous one, doesn't row the boat in with the fish. He jumps in. He dives in the water and starts swimming to the shore. Check that out. So excited to see Jesus again. And then Jesus does this, has this personal moment with him. And I sense this again. I sense that Jesus kind of pulls Peter off to the side. And he has this moment with him. And he says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, oh, yeah, you know. I think the first time, Peter, like, understands. Dude, I, yeah, I know I messed up, and we haven't had this moment yet of, of apology, and, and we haven't had this moment of forgiveness yet, and now I realize I messed up. And Jesus says, do you love me, Peter? And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, feed my sheep. And then he asks him again, and, and he, he talks to him like, wait a minute. Didn't I just answer this question? Lord, you know I love you. Man, you know that I'm, 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 I'm here for you. I love you more than these. Third time. Peter, do you love me? And the Bible says that Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him so many times, do you love him? But do you know why? It wasn't just because three minus three equals zero. It was because Peter needed to understand that he needed a greater love and devotion for Jesus than he'd ever had before. Because something was about to take place. There was a shift that was about to happen. And Peter, I need you, Jesus is saying. I need you to be close to me like you've never been close to me before. I'm, I'm learning in my life that each level that God takes me on is a new opportunity for me to draw closer to Him. That in that new place, in that new season, whatever it is that God's doing in my life, there's a new level of love and of commitment that has to follow that if I'm going to move forward and go into that place with Him. I've looked back in, in, a, in my own life and from the time when I first became a Christian um, to the time that I was baptized in water to the time that I was called in the ministry to all the ministry assignments from that point to this. And, and I think of all the new things that God has do, done in my life. And every time that that took place, there was a lesson. There was something I had to learn. There was something I had to give up 
We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But there was this idea that I needed to have more of a love for Christ and more of a devotion to Him than I've ever had before. There's a new sense of devotion and commitment that should be in our hearts as every believer. And I'm going to say this. If you are a follower of Christ, we should all be constantly and consistently, not just those are two words that kind of that kind of mean the same, but they're a little different. We need to be constantly and consistently growing in our love for God and our commitment and devotion to Him. The second thing I noticed from this passage is this: uh, we need to forget about past failures and move forward. Uh, this speaks to that philosophy we talked about earlier: three minus three equals zero. Peter had denied Christ. <laughs> If you look at that thought process that, you know, if, let's kind of take a little look at that evening, can we? Uh, The night that all that happened. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes three of his trusted disciples with him, Peter, James, and John, right? And he says, hey guys, stay here and pray. I'm going to go over there and pray. It's an important time. It's an important hour. So what happens? Well, Judas comes and betrays the Lord, and they take Jesus away. And, and the Bible says this. If you look at the, the, the account in the Gospels, it says Peter followed, but he followed at a distance. If we stay close to Jesus, we have less propensity to fall. Anytime you follow Jesus from a distance, it will lead to failure and fall in your life. Jesus is conveying to Peter that not only is there grace and forgiveness for the sins that he's committed, but there's a necessity for you, Peter, to move forward. Don't get caught up in your past failures so that it robs you of the future that I have for you, the Lord's saying. And there are times in our life, I think sometimes we get so caught up in past failures and past hurt and past things that it keeps us from moving forward to the things that God wants us to do in our life. If there's one thing that I learned from this passage of Scripture was, yes, Peter messed up. Yes, Peter had a, had a terrible thing that he'd done. He had denied Christ, but you know what else he had done? He'd asked for forgiveness. He had found grace in this moment. And Jesus says, I know that you've messed up. I know that you've blown it. I know there may have been times when you were hurt. I know there may have been times when people destroyed your thought process of faith and what Jesus even looks like. But you cannot let those things continue to mail you down and to nail you down so that you live back there in the hurt and keep you from moving forward in what Jesus has for your life. If you want to go to a next level, if you want to go to a new place in your relationship with Christ, you've got to be willing to let go of the things of the past so that you can move forward without the baggage and get to the place he has for you. You can't do it without, with, with the past. Paul says it this way, forgetting those things that are behind, I do what? Press forward. It's like a runner's mentality he talks about in this. I can't do anything about my past. I can't change my past. 
I can't change the time I, I pinned my sister down and hit her in the head a hundred times. I can't do that. I can't. There's nothing I can do at age 44. I can't change that. I can't go back. You can't change the things that you've fallen. You can't change the sin that you've done in your life. You can't change your past, but you can change your future. You can change where you're heading. I can't change where I've been, but I can change where I'm going. But so many Christians, it's, it's this runner's mentality here that Paul talks about, and so many of us spend life always running backwards. Looking back at what had happened, and I, I've played a lot of basketball in my life, and one of the things they taught us to do was run backwards. And they always taught us to run backwards with our hands up. Because that way we wouldn't fall and land on our big muscle instead of our little ones. Right? And so you run with your hands up. But when you run backwards, there's something that you kind of know. Unless you have something that is ahead of you that marks the line where you're going, you're kind of all over the place running backwards. Paul says, if you want to win a race, you don't run backwards, you run forward. And if you're going to run forward, you can't be concerned with what's behind you. Yeah, I know. I know it hurt. Yeah, I know. I know where there were things that happened back there that, man, you just soon forget. I know that there are times when you screwed up and messed up. I get that. But can I tell you, there's probably some times that are ahead of you that you're going to do the same. But it's an everyday walk of faith. It's an everyday walk of love. It's an everyday walk of forgiveness. It's an everyday walk of just journeying toward Christ and running to Him. And if you want to get to that next level, you can't let past things continue to shadow over you. The devil keeps many Christians today caught up looking backwards at the sins that they've done or the things that they can't get past in their minds and in their lives. So we have a tendency to stay and follow Christ at a distance because of those things. And what happens is, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but anytime you follow Christ at a distance, I've noticed that those things happen in more repetition in my life. I fall more. I don't succeed in my walk with Christ like I should. Anytime I follow Christ at a distance, it seems like I get hurt more. I have more things that are done. Why? Because I'm not close enough. I'm not devoted enough. I've let things keep me from that. And we say things like, I can't quit, and you, whatever, fill in the blank there. A habit. I can't forgive myself for. I can't forgive that person for. And because you can't, you're bound to the level that you're on in your relationship with Christ. And you're following in a distance, which Peter found out meant frequent failure. We need to move close to God. Let him set us free. Determine in your mind that you're not going back there. That you're a new person in Christ. And that you have a new destiny, a new purpose, and a new work, and a new level that he's calling you to. Jesus knew that Peter would never accomplish his destiny uh, and he would never get to that next level without forgiving himself and moving forward with his ministry. He needed him to play his new role, which was a new level, which was in the church.
Finally, is this. If we're going to move forward into the next level, it involves surrender. Involves surrender. Peter and Jesus have this recorded conversation with a very challenging prophetic thought. In verse 18, uh, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter would need to surrender his life to Jesus. Total surrender was necessary for him to get to the place where he would be willing to do what God had called him to do. I just wonder if Peter would have been involved in the day of Pentecost. I think the day of Pentecost would have happened because God's will just moves forward and, and God would have picked someone else. But I just wonder if Peter would have been in the conversation had he not surrendered and gotten to this place. If this conversation doesn't happen, at least I wonder if it had played, uh, if he had not played as big a role as he played. See, something happened in Peter that day on the shore. Jesus was challenging him to go to new levels. To walk with him like he'd never walked with him before. But Jesus didn't make Peter do that. The choice was up to him. You'll be as close to Jesus as what you're willing to surrender. I'm going to say that again because I don't know that it sunk home. You'll be as close to Jesus as to what you're willing to surrender. Are you willing to surrender the dream of a big house, cool cars, power and prestige, even good things like family and friends and ministry and reputation and everything to follow Jesus? That's part of the formula for the new level of our walk with him. I firmly believe this, church. I believe there's a new, um, there's a move of God that's coming that we have never seen before and perhaps never even read about. I believe that there's going to be a revival hit this nation and hit this world that we have never seen. I believe that before that trumpet sounds that we talked about earlier, there is going to be an influx of people who are going to be following and seeking after Christ like never before. We are going to see incredible things. We're already starting to. I don't know if you pay attention to that kind of stuff, but we already are starting to see God move, and not only just in the United States of America in little pockets, but all over the world. God is moving and doing amazing things. People are coming to Christ um, on our... This is just the symbols of God's statistics alone. On the, around the world, there's a, a someone coming to Christ every 26 seconds. Right now. Yeah, that's good. Around the world, the statistics say that there's someone coming to Christ every 26 seconds. That's, cr that's crazy good. But I'm telling you, it's going to get crazy better. Why? Because God has something for us to do. The harvest is still out there, and until the trumpet blows, we've still got work to do.
And if I've still got work to do, I need a relationship with Christ that is so ongoing and so amazing. I need to be taking, he needs to be, I need to be all on board with whatever level he's ready to take me to. I heard this this week and I kind of closed with this thought. We've been praying and, and, you know, there's been this movement for a long time. Man, praying for revival. I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for a move of God. I'm praying for big things to happen. We were sitting in our minister's meeting this week, and we just kind of felt the Spirit of the Lord kind of check our hearts with this. He said, when you believe it's here, it'll be here. When we surrender, and we are willing to move up to that next level, and we believe that it's already here, it will be here. But it's up to us to start living like it's here. Oh, Sometimes you want to say amen. Sometimes you want to say oh me. But it's up to us to start living like it's here. There's a move of God that's moved, that's it's happening all around us. I see and sense the power of God in our services in greater measure. I feel a shift that's taking place. And can I tell you, if I'll start to think, and we'll all together start to think, man, this is a move of God, you know what will happen? It'll be a move of God. Because God's wanting to move already. God's already here. He's already moving. And if you'll jump in, you'll get a part of it. But it starts with conversations like this. That says, I'm willing to move to the next level. I'm ready to have a better love, a deeper love and devotion to Christ. I'm willing to forget, to move forward, leave the past in the past and move forward. And I'm ready to surrender my life to him. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, today I thank you that there is a move of God that is already sweeping this globe. I thank you for statistics that tell us every 26 seconds someone's coming to Christ around the world. But God, I would probably guess that there are some of us who have people who we know that needs you too. God, I believe that there's a move that's happening. And God, if we will just jump in, if we'll move and start reacting and thinking that it's here in our hearts, it will be. And you'll move in us in greater capacity, but God, it involves us to love you on a deeper level. It involves us to be more devoted on a deeper level to let go of the things of the past, to press forward and to surrender our life to you. As you were preparing Peter for Pentecost, Lord, you, you made sure that you covered the basis of those things because you knew what was about to take place and you knew that he was going to need to be closer than he's ever been. You knew that he was going to be in a place where he would be ridiculed, where he would be brought before religious leaders, where he would be beaten, where he would actually eventually lose his life. And God, he needed to be to that place for something great to happen. So Lord, today I, I pray that you would help us to learn from this, to move forward with you. Holy Spirit, move throughout this room, I pray in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, and you be real with God here this morning. You say, you know what, Pastor? I've kind of blown it in my life. 
I need Jesus to come and forgive me. I relate to Peter because, man, there have been times that I just blew it. There have been times that I just, man, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't as close to Christ as I needed to be. And you're here this morning, and you'd be honest with yourself, and you'd be honest with God, and you say, you know what? That's me. I need forgiveness today. Would you just slip up your hand? We want to pray with you this morning. Is that you? Yeah. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Praise the name of Jesus. Yeah. There's a certain group of people here today that also are dealing with issues of your past. And they've not been things that have led to your spiritual development in, in actuality. They've kind of held you back. Whether that's hurt, whether that's things that have been said to you, been said about you, whether that's your own sin that you just can't get past. And today, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is drawing you right now, that this moment in time was for you. You want to, if you want to take that step and say, God, I want, I need to let go of this so I can get to the place where you want me to be. I don't want to follow you at a distance anymore. I want to be close. But you got too much luggage in the way. Too much baggage in the way. And you be honest with yourself and you be honest with God and say, God, I need to get rid of my baggage and come follow after you. I need to forgive myself. I need to forgive certain people. I need to forgive and move forward. And God, I need your help to do that. If that's you this morning, would you slip up your hand? That's me today, yeah. Oh my goodness, hands all over this place. Hands all over this place today. I need to get rid of the past. Hallelujah. I want to invite you right now, would you just stand to your feet this morning? We're going to just, we're going to sing a chorus. We're singing uh, High and Exalted. And this morning, as we sing this chorus, if you raise your hand and you meant business with the Lord, I want to invite you to come. Find a place before the Lord. Christian believers, come behind them and pray with them and let's, let's seek after the Lord together. God wants to touch you this morning. It's part of that moment where you're sitting on the shore and Jesus is waiting for you. And he's waiting for you so he can come and put his arms around you today. Would you come as we sing?